3: Hey everyone, this is Ashley again. Um, I want to apologize for the lateness of this episode. Uh, I wanted to get it out sooner, but I'm also dealing with a deadline for a manuscript. Um, so that's some pretty good stuff. Uh, that I, it's, it's late for all the best reasons. Uh, that said, here is the episode, the conclusion to Tu Wang Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Now with more Puya Moseni. Uh, it's you're you're going to love it. Uh, that said, if you want to help the podcast out, if you want to help me out, if you just love what you're here, consider donating to our Patreon. Much like Sam Eaton and the Quantum I have, uh, they are a mentalism show, and they have contributed to us. Thank you so much. As has Unwoman, uh, a performance artist and a cellist. So. Yeah, those are some of the great people who have donated to our Patreon, and I think you want to be amongst them. Yeah, you want to be just like them. And in case you're listening to this show and you you like socially-minded, intersectional conversations on media, past and present, another show you'll probably love is We're Not All Ninjas. We're Not All Ninjas is a movie review podcast focusing on Asian-American representation in Hollywood films, hosted by Melissa Slaughter. Rachel Yu and Alex Chester.
2: And where is the body?
3: Well, I'm, I'm curious, based on that particular, that last point that you were body. bringing up, I'm like who actually knows that they're drag queens and who is not sure, particularly in the town. Because yeah,
1: like because like you're, you're under like, like zero impression that anybody knows that they're drag queens mm-hmm. until that last scene yeah, where they're all standing up for them, right. where they're suddenly like, oh, like I feel like <laughs> they all had yeah, right. that yeah. moment where they're all like, oh shit, like London the beginning of o- London Bridge plays and mm. suddenly everybody's like, oh shit, oh shit. Like, that's happening. And, well, like, with the, when the, like, Stalker officer Channing comes in, huh?
2: Remember Channing Stalker did. Channing supposedly knew. Stalker
1: Channing supposedly knew, because... Mm-hmm. Stalker. I was like, all right, sure. Um, <laughs> of I'm all the... I was like... Won't. I, was, I was just like we're just having a moment talking about clocking people all right that's <laughs> like yeah. that's the thing uh but i actually didn't hate her. i didn't hate the scene though yeah like i, I didn't, didn't hate that either it ended very the sweet. last line
3: she said didn't need to be said but no. like everything else just the whole
1: like the i love you yeah. moment i was just like <gasps> I had like, oh, like my I tear my that. eyes I teared have, up. I was like, "Yes!" Oh. I like, I and and, this, and, this, and I then and then Vita being this. like I've waited my whole life to hear that. I was like, that's also that's very trans. I've being been like been I waited waiting... my whole sorry, yeah.
3: go. Oh no, but uh the quote as I wrote it down was I've been waiting to hear those words to that name for so long. And that oh, definitely like oh yes. yes.
1: I was like Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like It's like, we'll cry thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, Yeah, that was was a lot. Yeah, that was was
3: really well done. That was really well handled. There was some line, like the very last thing Stalker Channing says as they're driving away, there was just like one, and I'm trying to, I'm kicking myself for not writing it down. Uh, Oh, here it is. I don't consider you a man or a woman. woman. I Consider
1: you an angel. I wrote it down too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, wait, I was wait. like, yes, I also wrote it down, and 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 then and then uh, Vita responds, I think that's healthy, which was like an interesting conversation. I was yeah. like, I was like, what is this? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> occasionally, okay. I just go, you've thrown a wrench into everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is? Well, it's we like are sits also... at the end. I'm like cuz like she could just be like gender queer. I was like what's happening? I was right, like right. like screams. I'm just like trans representation. <laughs> well,
3: if we're tying it back to the implications of uh of Noxima's original yeah. definition of what the difference between uh transvestite, a trans person and, and drag queen is, yeah. that makes sense. But it feels so it's at odds so at with the odds. narrative. It
1: does, especially with that scene, because yeah. like if if Vita's response to hearing somebody like doesn't identify her as a man or a woman, but as some something, someone else, and um, Vita just responds, yeah, essentially, mm. like there, that's not in that definition anymore. Like Vita's not self-identifying as a gay man. Like, Vita was like, yeah, I'm not a man or a woman. Mm. And that's awesome. I was like, it's weird, because I'm like, I was like, because, like, she is the most, like, hyper-feminine of yeah. them all. So yeah. it was like, it's odd to come out of her, mm. for that to come from her. But I was still kind of like, what did you think? Were you, did you not like it? You didn't like it, I never it, right? noticed
3: it. And I, for some reason, it just, it felt like, and because Odd. I wasn't really taking the definition that they're establishing in the movie initially yeah. into account, it just, like, there was something about it that's just sort of like, I almost feel like I would have been okay with, I don't consider you a man or a woman, or even if that whole speech Didn't there happen. was necessary. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was necessary. You already had the, the great I love moment you. Yeah. of, I love you, I've been waiting to hear that name, the, those words to that name for so yeah. long. yeah. I feel like that last part was just sort of like, thanks? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was,
3: <laughs> it was right.
1: simultaneously, and I'm not, like, mm. it's, yeah, I definitely thought that, like, had they left on the I love you and the response to that, it would have been yeah. so much stronger. Yeah. Especially because, like, Vita's, like, very, very hyper-feminine. Mm. Not to so that you can't be feminine and, mm. like, genderqueer, right. like, but, um or whatever term you would like to use, but, like... Yeah, I, like, yeah, I have... I was, like, narratively, it didn't make much sense to me, but also, yeah. I was, like, like as a non-binary person, I was, like, yay! <laughs> I was, like... <laughs> I win today. <laughs> like, I was
3: like, "I'll take those scraps of representation." <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was like, I'm, it feels wrong, because like, Exactly. Exactly. I was like, "It feels wrong." Cause it feels like this should be a trans woman story, and mm. it's very. It's a very trans woman centric kind of narrative that's happening so it's like i don't want to feel like this is being ripped away from that or that like they were trying because like often like especially because this is like written by cis people it feels like a kind of like cop out yeah to like not let this just be a trans narrative because like cis people they can say things like that and still think that it's cis yeah and for some reason like mm, like say so what <laughs> uh, sorry cis people are wilds and the things that they they think are real but um it's it's like it's just it's like the i i've had this discussion with multiple of my friends who use like they them pronouns mm-hmm. where people will be like do you mind if i use they them pronouns around them and I'm like, yeah, I don't mind because if you say it to a cis person, they'll just hear whatever gender they assume that I am. Right. Mm. Like, which is real. Like, I'll have conversations. and I'll say, they're doing, they'll, they're doing this, or my roommate, they're doing whatever. And then the person, this person, will respond to me with, oh, oh, he's doing this. If they expect that it's a guy, or they'll say, oh, she's doing this. Like, if I say it's my roommate, usually it's she. Or if I'm like they're doing whatever and it seems to be a masculine type of activity they'll be like he like they just input the gender that they think Mm -hmm. is correct with the conversation like Mm. like one of those maps with all of the like whatever that's just gender for like cis folk um and so that's kind of how i feel about that writing as well because like Mm. there's a lot of ways to go around (laughs) accepting non-binary existence so i feel like a cis person writing I don't identify as a man or a woman, an angel, would still seem cis to cis people. Like, I don't think your average cis person going to see this movie would hear that and think trans. Mm. I don't.
3: They would think, oh, you respect this person's performance. Yes, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: That's what would register to me. Can like, because as somebody who lives in a kind of like liminal gender for most of the people that I, I exist around and like the direct experiences I have with people just erasing non-binary from just like not even thinking about it as something that's real. That was like, I was like, yeah, that's what that is. They're not being like, Oh, that's the trans narrative. Like, Mm. like that's not something that says people who don't think about trans stuff at all would ever think. But anyway, I did like the scraps. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll, take we'll
1: take the scraps of trans representation.
3: Okay, so we're going to start winding down. But I see Joe's face is elated. So
1: I had thoughts. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, as far as transphobia goes, mm-hmm. um, the time that he's talking to the other officers, Dollard, mm. and they call him Mrs. Dollard. Mm. Um and then how he responds to that with he's gonna bring three corpses in and if if he doesn't if you don't find something you shouldn't find mm-hmm. um well I don't know he literally goes I don't know yeah but, that is,
3: like we can talk about that yeah that is really intense yeah, yeah it's a very intense like mean. in a lot of he's ways. an intense
2: like, character yeah. yeah he's intensely. Neg- He's intensely the bad guy. Like he, you yeah. want, especially the more as a cis person, as a cis straight person, the more I learn about the trans community and the gay community. Like, lo- like he. I mean, I always knew he was bad, but he just becomes just awful. awful. Like, more, like more and more layers of yeah. how. Like how much they mushed into this character. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah, but like, and the Mrs. the Mrs. Dollar thing is not something that he says. That's mm. what the other officers right. say yeah. to him to diminish what he has to say. Right. So he's like going forth with all this transphobia and being like, "I'm going to kill these people." Like literally, he states that that is his intention to come back to the to the like fucking station station with yeah. three corpses. Right.
3: So he's basically admitted to members, like people that he works with, other law enforcement agents, yeah. that he's going to go murder people, and they're because, like, yeah, because he feels deceived. Yes, and they're laughing. At A, yeah, and they're, they're laugh- laughing. A, they're it. laughing about it. B, like I realize. We can have what I will put quotes around complicated feelings about law enforcement, (laughs) (laughs) but but in the movies where everything is pure and good, yeah, I know, I know. There really should have been more of a reaction other than ha ha ha! Oh, Dullard! Looks yeah. like he got himself uh, messed up with a bunch of men in drag.
1: But yeah, like, but like not even that. Not they even thought that. They, they thought that like, they were yeah. women because right, yeah. they were like, "That's because absurd." Were, that didn't actually yeah. oh, happen. So they were like, it's, it's because yeah. of the yeah. shoe." It's layered in mm. transphobia. It's layered in, mm. it's mm. layered
2: in, in misogyny because yeah. of the Mrs. Dullard. Yeah, casting yeah. aside of what he has to say. It's the casting aside because he got
1: beat up by a girl.
2: It's the whole, which is why
1: they call him Mrs. Dollard,
2: right? And like, it's it's laughing off premeditated murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, of honestly, of at least one woman to their in their perspective. Well, he says three corpses. Right. I'm going he to bring three back three corpses. corpses. But to in their perspective, yeah. at least one woman is gonna. It, he's gonna come. He's gonna actually kill at least one woman. Mm. And yeah. they're just like. Okay, okay, like it's just like <laughs> uh, that's
3: a great, that's a great uh, impression by the way yeah no that's like, exactly and
2: yeah. you know like yeah. the whole well, kind of stifled
1: laughter it's yeah it's just like it's... Uh, what yeah
3: and it really is like and again I still love this movie but it is like horrifying that it's concept really horrifying. of the policeman because when just he shows like, up oh. he shows up shooting a shotgun in the air yes,
1: yes. what the hell it's really what? upsetting sir where is your warrant yeah <laughs> Like, it's it's very fitting.
3: Like yeah,
2: where is your warrant, sir? Where is your warrant, <laughs> sir? <laughs> like.
1: Yeah, I just went through my list again, and the, the and so yeah. speaking of how like this is just like trans narratives all over mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The moment with Stalker Channing where she's like upset and she's like, "I want to get rid of all men. Let's just get rid of all men," mm. and Vita's like. Like, like that entire scene is just made up by like them being like screeching noises, mm. being like. <laughs> 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 I don't <have> thumbs <laughs> up. <laughs> Thank you. I realize I'm on a, I'm doing a podcast right now, so you can't hear my movements. Okay. But Your I didn't, know how, to, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to like say that in words. I just did an awkward thumbs up. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Double it's thumbs double up <laughs> that crossed each other.
3: Well, it's it's also interesting considering Stalker Channing basically admits at the end that she knew the New. entire time. Yeah. So she's definitely not counting yeah, them in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like
1: mm-hmm. she doesn't realize that, and she's <laughs> just like like uh, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like I'm whoops.
3: uncomfortable with what the implications to this could mean. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: And then and then along with that, this idea of like what like a deception is yeah. like mm-hmm. for trans people. Um, Cause like for me, like if it was pr- like, also again, this is like how it's trans narratives where it's, it's not like if you're a drag queen, you're not deceiving people. Cause people know that you're in drag mm. because it's a performance. Right. Yeah. Whereas like if you're trans and you're presenting in a way that people don't accept as true and that being along with the deception and so like there's like the really intense ways of that being where it's like with the police officer who then vows to kill you or um wants to assault you and then there's the like self-imposed idea of deception where suddenly like vita and chichi are like feeling guilty for not being like exposing who they are essentially Mm. when they didn't have to do that they were just being who they were and everybody in the town loved them for who they were Mm. and they didn't have to be like this is my biology or whatever to be honest with people and so anyway so i was just thinking about that and that as that Mm. scene as opposed to like in that scene where she's like get rid of all men where you can see vita be like do I say something? Do I not say something? What is true to myself? What is not true to myself? What will make this person go away? What will not? Mm-hmm. And then the payoff is that scene later where she says, "I love you." Mm-hmm. And I knew I saw your Adam's apple, but I—you're a woman. Yeah, well,
2: and well, there's something... weirded me out too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The Adam's apple. What? I haven't pronounced throat. Well, not yeah. anymore because I'm fat. But <laughs> 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 when I was younger, like I had to pronounce. Like, I don't understand why that was a thing. But anyway, that, mm. when you you were just talking about, Joe, with the the concept of deception, that always has bothered me. Mm. Yeah. Always has bothered me. Like, like, a friend. But, like, oh, God. To some degree,
1: I understand. Like, that that scene felt very real for me Mm -hmm. when you sit there and you're just like, it's complicated when I talk about my relationships with stuff because, like, Experiences for, for a fab people are like very, not like everybody's isn't very specific, but like there's shit that I've gone through. So like getting boobs and then suddenly being harassed on the street at like 12 years old and shit like that. And like not being able to walk two houses over because, without being watched and because of like fear of assaults and all of those things. And like, just like, the honestly, fear of assault has been a huge part of my life since I was like 12 uh because of my body um and there's a lot of times where I'll be in conversations especially with people who are older than me especially like if I'm talking to people who are like 70 up or like where you want to be able to have a connection or like there's this like sense of there's a very huge sense of community amongst women and not having access to that and feeling like you're deceiving someone, mm. like like an inherent sense of sense of guilt. Like if I'm having a conversation about serious stuff that women go through, and being like, I don't identify as this, and I feel like I shouldn't have access to these conversations anymore. And but I also don't want to disappoint these people. <laughs> mm. Like like which felt very real to me with this scene with with Vita being like, I don't want to make this because it, it felt like I don't want to make this a not safe space mm. for uh for stalker Channing's character. Cause yeah. that's what that scene really mm. felt like to right. me because she's literally just been, her, her husband's just been kicked out for domestic abuse. Right. Hmm. And this is supposed to be like a safe moment for her right. with other women where she doesn't feel like she's going to be under threat of violence. Right. Hmm. And it's like Vita's internal struggle with admitting or, like, feeling like she's being deceitful mm-hmm. for not giving full disclosure for, like, gender or body stuff. Mm. And that, I don't know, something about that scene, like, stuck, struck a really, really deep chord with me. Because, like, like, rather than somebody else putting deception on, which is such a common thread, it was, like, just an acting internal. thing. Mm. This internal sense of, like, I am being deceitful for things that you're not actually being deceitful for. Right. Shit that you can't control. That, that's but cool anyway. Awesome yeah, no,
2: that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a great uh, uh, perspective. I think what more so, when I bring up this, the concept of deception, was not the internalized yeah. deception. Because I can... Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, the... That, yeah, yeah, because um, there's there there the, multiple the, layers to this sense yeah, of deception in the movie. It's the um, yeah. it's the latter, which you just mentioned, was the... Yeah. the the perceived deception yeah 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 from others, from you outside. know i totally mm-hmm. understood, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
1: and the movie that's... played with both things yeah with, yeah. with
3: yeah. The, even the, with the normal the...
1: external and then like this was a very unique thing that i hadn't seen portrayed before in, mm. in quite this way yeah. Yeah. Mm. of this this internal it's sense like, of like struggle yeah with deception yeah
3: yeah, because they, they don't really make a big thing about it with Vita. It's there, it's like underlying, yeah. but they don't it's make a big deal with it. It's mostly acting yeah.
1: choices that you can see it
3: the one character that they're really like hammering in the deception narrative, chi-chi. vocally, Chi-Chi. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I've been watching it, I always sort of chalked it up to, yes, they're saying, like, oh, you know, you've got this thing in between your legs, but in reality, it's also we're not going to be here. here we're going to be in L.A. Yeah. Like, right. we're going to be gone. You're exactly. going to ruin this community because you're basically inserting yourself and yeah. then you're going to get bored and you kind of come with go. us. Yeah. yeah. And and that is definitely a factor but at the same time they are straight up saying you're deceiving this boy yeah. and particularly if since we're confirming that yes chi chi is a trans character yeah that's a lot of bullshit
1: yeah it really is, mm-hmm. even, it really if, is. even if Chi-Chi even isn't, if chi chi is played yeah 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 yeah, like, yeah. it's hmm. cuz yeah cuz I have these conversations a lot about like when you have to tell somebody something that's very personal to you, Mm. whether and whether it be gender or like sexuality or whatever, Mm. like when you've become close enough to somebody that you not telling them something about your gender and your body is no longer acceptable and I, I'm currently I've had a lot of feelings of like bullshit related to that, con- to that, because mm. I'm like nobody deserves or like necessarily can determine other than me when those are conversations that need to take place, right. Mm. Right. because it's so personal.
2: Absolutely.
1: But anyway, what would you say along this? Just because I'm interested in what you would have to say. Because I just have so many (laughs) floating thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean,
3: like, obviously, just the. the, I feel like it is a. The expectation of other people's is bullshit, Mm -hmm. just in general. Um, But at the same time, there is that sort of, like, we live in this world. We can't pretend that we don't. Uh And especially. And that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it. You know, it does. It It influences you. It influences our decisions. Uh, And so just that idea of having to disclose this, uh, I mean, A, like there's the obvious stuff, like having to disclose your genitalia can put you at risk for uh, abuse. It could put you at risk for assault. It could put you at risk for uh, even like on a smaller but still very impactful scale, if Chi Chi, in this case specifically, were to come out to Bobby Ray? Bobby yeah. Ray. Yeah. Bobby Ray yeah. uh, as either drag queen or however they, Chi Chi actually identifies, Bobby Ray might reject just her. reject her. Reject, yeah, and yeah. that's. Like, that, yeah. Like, that's. Like,
1: especially if she's leaving mm-hmm. yeah. soon. She doesn't have to deal with that. Like, yeah. she could just let it be nice mm-hmm. and wonderful and a positive experience in Mm. her life rather than have it be this like really complicated because it would it would there's no way for that not to be a complicated experience yeah because also you know in that small town in middle america he's not going to be like oh trans people fine Mm. like that's normal (laughs) in my life like because like Even in big city, like even in New York City, when you have to, when I'm like, I'm non-binary, there's like a two hour conversation that happens after that. (laughs) Like, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So like, why can't you just let somebody have a a positive experience? No, sorry. I'm just thinking about it.
2: Like, I think from my perspective, it's like when people tell me I'm Uh non-binary, non-binary, what are words?
1: Yeah. non-binary well that's usually mm-hmm. the response <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the yeah, head right? Terry? Yeah. by accident yeah. yeah
2: i'm non-binary i'm trans i'm gay i'm mm. lesbian to me it's like i'll have the conversation when you're ready like i feel that's like not most if...
1: people's reaction though yeah yeah it, that's, that's not most people's reaction. Yeah, wish, it really is. I really wish is. it was. Yeah. I really wish it was, was, yeah. Like, no. Yeah. But normally it's like, all right, mm. and now we're gonna play not twenty questions, but one hundred and fifty questions. Yeah. And if you like, don't answer
3: any of them in a positive manner, you are condescending. Yes. Did I? Or so, just like
1: just, rude or mm, mean? Mm, like, mm, like, um, yeah. My sister won't use my pronouns because I was angry with her when I talked to her about it. What? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Um, I have had so. Because it
1: wasn't polite.
3: Listen to the full recording of My Teacher, My Enemy by Kelsey Jefferson Barrett.
2: My enemy's body is still warm when I take my knife to him. Stripped to his skin and lain upon his back, he looks much less frightening than he had when he was alive, armed and desperate to kill me but there is still power in the shape of his relaxing muscles and the size of his cooling frame, and, as he is a foot taller than I am, I feel a surge of pride in my
1: accomplishment that is even greater than the hot pleasure of the kill.
2: I stand in the middle of the forest, nothing about me but trees and birds and the still body beneath my knife, nothing upon me but the skin in which I was born. I am one of the unclothed, and this is my first kill.
3: Listen to the full recording of My Teacher, My Enemy by Kelsey Jefferson Barrett by donating to our Patreon. Becoming a Patreon sponsor to Is It Transphobic helps us with costs necessary to keep this podcast free. So, even for just one dollar, you'll be able to listen to minisodes, much like My Teacher, My Enemy.
1: So, let's try it! <laughs>
3: Too long food. (laughs) Sorry. No worries. Uh we went to a lot of places. So uh Joe, since you've been on the podcast, you're Mm -hmm. probably familiar with the way that we usually wrap up the episode. I want to know the answer to two questions. Mm -hmm. The one, the obvious one is the name of the podcast, is it transphobic? Uh, now if you want, you can rate it on a one to 10 scale, one being the least transphobic, 10 being the most transphobic. Uh, you don't necessarily need that. You can use like a sound, however, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm trying you know to think I of like, like non, noises. yeah, I'm trying to think of like ways that we can convey to the audience without necessarily forcing you into this locked yeah. system, but, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And you know, Is I'm a it... wordy person. Right. That's the, that's the second question. Uh, The
3: second question uh, is, was it enjoyable? Okay. Same criteria. Could be one to ten, could be a noise. Try not to make it visual, because that's (laughs) just not going to read. It's not going to work. Yeah. But, uh, so, first, is it transphobic? Who wants to go first?
1: Joe. Oh, my (sighs) God. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) It's like I just spent two hours going, ah! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ah! My (laughs) response, uh, somewhat... Somewhat, not kind of, I don't know. It's, okay. it's positive and it's confusing. Mm. I'm just like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Okay. A little, little undecided. I, little but
1: ironic. I really enjoy the movie. Mm. I'm trans and I enjoy the movie, so it can't be that transphobic. Mm. It's not like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not awful. It wouldn't stop me from watching it. Um, but it does have complicated issues around it. I think going into it, if you're trans, you should know it's complicated. Mm. But a generally positive and good thing. That was not a number, and it was not just a noise. Yeah. This is who I am.
3: It's very nuanced. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
3: Uh, so, Terry, you can choose to answer both questions at once. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, that was great. That, <laughs> one influenced the other. Yeah. Um, or, if you want, you can separate them. Okay. To show, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I'm going to lean over Joe's shoulder and copy them
1: <laughs> And just say. Son <laughs> me.
2: Yeah. Uh co- like, yeah, that's my response. <laughs> um, mm. no, but seriously, I I agree with Joe in that it's it's complicated. Mm. Um I find every single one most of the parts of the film are extremely enjoyable. Uh it's a very mm. quotable movie. It's hilarious in in just it's just a it's a generally good comedy i always try to fast forward anytime dullard is on the screen mm. so mm. even honestly when i think all the dullard scenes to be honest here except for the end because the end is like righteous and it's like yeah uh so yeah it's pretty it's complicated i totally agree with joe um in that sense and it's highly entertaining i guess i'll use the scale just to. Be, just to make sure that I'm not completely copying off of Joe. I would say, I'd say like a, a 4.36 as far as transphobia. That's pretty okay. specific. Yeah, How that's
3: that's fantastic. <laughs> no, that's great. Like, yeah. I love it.
2: I love Five specificity. 5. Okay, 5.13? 5. 5.13, yeah. Okay. Because there, there are a couple moments that tip scale, especially since it's not specifically addressed and there's such. A trans there's so many trans narratives in there to without me. actually being without trans. them exactly without mm. them actually mm. touching on the fact that this is trans. Mm. Okay, and uh, what about enjoyment? It's extremely enjoyable. Extremely enjoyable. Like I have told people about watching certain movies and with certain depictions of black people, I don't stop being black when I watch these movies, but I can I can. Put myself on a certain entertainment level where it's like shut the brain off, stop talking, and enjoy the quotability of it. Mm. And there are a lot of quotability moments. There are a lot of quotable moments in there that are that are genuinely funny. Mm. Um, the timing's great. It's genuinely funny. But yeah, it's it's it is entertaining. It is mm. entertaining. So awesome. For
3: me, uh, as far as transphobia,
2: I put it at a
3: Three or four, yeah, like i'm it's really not that bad,, yeah. mm-hmm. and the parts that are bad are just because of Hollywoodisms mm-hmm. and just the idea of the historical uh complete misunderstanding of gender Mm -hmm. uh gender deviance in general Mm -hmm. and so but for the most part like there's there's a lot of amazing things in it they really the folks in the town respect everyone's gender presentation at the very least so there's a lot of good um enjoyability i will always watch this movie Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd give it a 10 it's not perfect it's not like my go-to movie but God, I love this movie. Yeah. I will watch it anytime, anywhere. hmm
2: mm-hmm. Cool. I think you agree with that. So... Yeah, would you watch it again,
0: Joe?
1: Oh, yeah. I would definitely watch it again. I, I I don't think I would seek out... Maybe I would, like, mm-hmm. in, like, five years, seek out watching it again. But, like, one of those things where it wouldn't be my go-to. I watch the same movies over and over and over again for context, mm-hmm. and it's not like The Princess Bride that I watch once every month. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes, since so was six.
2: <laughs> I've I, I not seen that in its entirety. But continue. I love it.
3: So, in that case... But also, you let's... don't like Buffy, so... <laughs> <laughs> so many points against me.
2: <laughs>
3: so, sorry to interrupt the podcast. This is when Puya showed up. Uh, we brought her in. We were hoping to make it seamless. We were... Unable to do so. Uh, but here is Puya introducing herself, and um, you'll hear me a little bit in the background. I'm going to try and cut out anything that I speak, but just because we don't have enough microphones, um, it made more sense to try and just feed Puya a couple of questions and have people uh, go back and forth. But yeah, here is Puya Moseni.
0: I'm Puya Moseni. Uh, she, her, hers. <laughs>
1: You got this.
0: <laughs> it's like, I, I looked at you, I'm like, hers. I know
1: things about pronouns.
0: <laughs> I had actually seen this um, as a teenager in Iran before transition, before uh, the word trans had any meaning to me and, and all of that. So to me, it was almost like this fairy tale of, of a life that I wish I had. So even now when I look at it, even though in some ways it may seem dated, it may seem a little too much on the nose, um, it's still, for me, I know what it meant to people that were seeing it at that time. So it has a very different context. Well, see, movies like this did not get public viewing, so everything ended up being on videotapes. Uh, You know, we would get three four videotapes a week from like our video guy and he would come and give it and it could be a combination of anything it could be a movie that was totally not appropriate for a teenager it could be a movie from 1940s it could be a movie that just came out that year and it was bootlegged from somebody recording it out of a movie theater um so it was nothing that you can say like you know what the populace thought of it um, but I remember at that time, I watched it many, many, many times. Um, and, you know, again, this was, I think, right around the time that my parents had to deal with me transitioning and all of that. Uh, so I don't think they liked it so much <laughs> uh, be- because, I mean, they d- they didn't know what they were dealing with. And here I was, I'm like, Ooh, my people. Um, even though at that time... Uh, you know th- there always seems to be voices that want to say well drag queens are this and you know trans people are like and i'm like you know what we've all had to deal with our own shit in our own way so um it's kind of like me saying well she's black and i'm olive skinned, so there has to be a problem between us but there isn't there's enough room for a black woman i mean she feels a problem towards me but darker brown i'm a little lighter brown and you ain't got no color it's true um but uh, i've got pink yeah, right. you're 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 pinkish you know um, yeah. i mean um <laughs> <laughs> so so i've got i've got la la land uh awaiting me okay i know and somebody had written something they said it is the epitome of white mediocrity yeah, so like, see somehow, yeah. you know and, and i think again it's like anything else it's a matter of point of view mm-hmm. it's a matter of what you're expecting from it i grew up with you know 1950s musicals right. now when i look yeah. at them boy do they seem white mm-hmm. but again i don't think anybody has a problem that there are a movie that there's a lot of white people in it i think it's the fact that they're only movies that there are yeah, a lot of white right. people right. in it right. yeah. exactly yes you know it's like fences beautiful you know, a whole black story, and it's fabulous. It wouldn't make sense if they were white, but right. Right. I mean, like right. you know, like yeah. again. I'm um, fine <laughs> <being> <laughs> but yeah. but I just that's
2: Denzel Washington. Yeah. Right. And, well, and Viola Denzel. Davis. Denzel. No, no, he Denzel. A no. <laughs> mm. <No. Flint>. so. <laughs> <laughs> Blade <laughs> in the backyard. Oh, I mean, oh, <laughs> d- d- that's just 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 did did Right, I shared with uh, with Joe and
3: (laughs) with Terry that ever since I was a child, I had a hard time distinguishing Denzel Washington and Wesley Snipes. And it's absolutely because I'm dealing with racism. It's absolutely because (laughs) you're giving me that look that both of them did. It's true. It it is a thing, but um, I'm working on it.
0: You know and and that is really the essence of life uh, you know as, as a trans woman, you would know this there's no there's no fault at not knowing something. there's a fault at not knowing something and think that's okay
2: yes, yes absolutely
0: and I think absolutely. that is where the difference between ignorance and prejudice comes in, and I think people should talk about it because a lot of us, all of us at some point we don't know something yeah mm-hmm. and then we're open to learning what we don't know, yeah. but sometimes we don't know it and we think. It's because it just doesn't exist. You know, Earth is flat. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't say that, but they used to at some point. Right. Um, so, so it's okay that you know that, and you know that they're not the same person. And, you know, <laughs> you may still not be able to tell which one is which, but, but you know, at least you know. At least you know. I, I've had problems like that, but, but I'm not going to disclose them today. You're, you're much smarter than I <laughs> In my case it might be, you know, with Asian actors and I'm like, no, that other one. <laughs> oh. You're right on my level. There we go. Thank you. Okay. Oh my See, God. Yay. There we go. <laughs> I didn't want to leave you out there alone. Like we said, we love this movie. But there's something about movies which kind of reflect their time. And I think at the time. That gave a lot of people an explanation that they didn't have. I think today that explanation doesn't seem enough or, I mean, nuanced enough. It's almost like the, you know, a dummy's guide to Mm -hmm. the nuances of the trans umbrella. Uh, And, uh, you know, I mean, there are still people that say transsexual versus transgender. And I also understand that part of it is because at some point people used to um, gender with the word sex. They didn't mean sexuality, they meant sex. Now we use the word gender to differentiate between sexual orientation. So, Noximo Jackson, (laughs) in in the 1990s, Mm -hmm. uh, what she said at that time, it made sense. And I think when you look at it at that time, it was ahead of its time. Because I think if it was more nuanced or it went deeper, I think a lot of people would have been going like, what? "What?" Um, And I think you should take movies like this that are time specific, which I think most movies are. You should take it with that grain of salt. It's like saying, well, now you don't understand why the crying game was a big deal. Mm. The reason Crying Game was a huge deal was because it was the first time that your heroine was a trans character and they didn't die. Or they didn't, you know, or they weren't like a psycho murderess. And that's why it was huge. And the person got nominated for an Academy Award. Now, you watch it and you're like, ooh, that again. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know... um, to Wong Fu was was a little further ahead, but it was still a product of its time. And I do have to say, I love Tu Wong Fu, but it was it was a copycat. It was a copycat of Priscilla. And there were... Was it? Some, yes, I uh, it
3: was only a year apart.
0: I remember at that time, a lot of people felt that it was. I never felt that it was because I thought that it was telling two different stories. But it was... Touching on the same subject that it wasn't as talked about as it is today. So in a way, it felt like, you know, first came Priscilla and then came to Wong Fu, which was, you know, an Australian movie. And then, of course, Hollywood had to make the Hollywood version, you know, with with enough differences. But even if it was a copycat, it was like Patrick Swayze and and Wesley 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 (laughs) Wesley Snipes and and John Leguizamo and... um, and Julie Newmar at the end of it, um, and you know, even if it was a little bit of a copycat, I'm totally okay with it because it wasn't exactly the same story. Even though, I mean, road trip, three characters. Except in this case, they were. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, in Priscilla, it was two drag queens and one post-op trans woman, and in uh, in Wong Fu, there were three drag queens. But I think at its time, it was very much Hollywood's response to Priscilla, even though it wasn't, you know, verbatim copy. But, I mean, you know, there, there's enough room in my life for both of them. Yeah. I, I've got the love. I think I'd actually seen too long Fu
2: with my parents. which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Because as I was explaining earlier, um, my parents are Trinidadian. They come from a very small village. And they also... Grew up very much, very religious. My mom is still very religious. My dad is not as much. Um, but they had p- pretty much almost puritanical views of, of sex and sexuality <laughs> and things like that. So when I picked up Tu Wang Fu and like hit it in between other tapes, I was like, we should watch all these! And like we went and watched it. My parents were cracking up, but they kind of just saw it as caricatures on a screen. And to me, it was kind of like, "Oh, this is amazing." Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw Priscilla m- many years later, and I saw that that Priscilla had come out first. And I didn't think of it as a copycat, but I now that I really think about it, it is kind of the Hollywood answer to what wasn't prominent in film at that time. Mm-hmm. Because and then and it was so Hollywooded up, if that's if we're going to make that word up, because of the fact that yes. There was a post-operative trans person, trans woman, in uh, Priscilla. In Priscilla uh, uh, Guy Pierce's character, who is as close to Chi-Chi as you can get, mm-hmm. uh, is assaulted for, uh, you know, presenting or deceiving these male characters yeah. at, as being a woman. You know, like, and, and it, they soften the blow in a lot of ways in Tu Wong Fu. Um, It's much glossier. It's 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 much much more more family family friendly, if you can if you can say that. Exactly, that's really interesting. I never really thought about it like that.
0: See, there is point to me being around. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you were (laughs) here. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) No, I'm glad. (laughs) I've
1: been waiting for months to be on this show. I'm sorry. I was not raised with either of these, um, as we were discussing before. I, I love am, how
0: you say you were not raised by... <laughs> I,
1: I, like, I was raised by Southern Baptist preachers. So... Southern Baptist Yeah. Southern Baptist preachers. Yeah. Oh. We cannot unemphasize this enough. Southern Baptist preachers. preachers. Southern Baptist <laughs> preachers. Um, so I didn't really have exposure to really any media that wasn't um, Christian. So...
0: And a very particular brand of and Christianity. And a very particular
1: brand of Christianity, yeah, yeah. So, I just watched Andrew and Gables a lot. Like, mm. a lot. Yeah. Well But, the, <laughs> it was <laughs> fun. I really enjoy that movie, but I didn't have much exposure to media at all. Mm-hmm. In any form. So, I hadn't seen the either of these. My only exposure to Priscilla was as an adult, when the stage play. Yeah, I kind of watched more recent Mm-hmm. and have been bad at going back and watching things that have come before. So,
0: if I was yeah. going to now look back and compare the two, imagine if one is Hollywood, then Priscilla would have been like the indie version.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, which usually means that int- int- it's a little more interesting, yeah. just not as glossy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And my
1: Especially exposure, like I said, slab. to Priscilla is only through their stage Okay. stage play so
0: i love that too yeah. the, the, it, it lost a assume, little in the stage yeah, yeah yeah well yeah. So i
3: feel like uh, after watching both priscilla is more like gritty
0: real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: whereas and like also especially in the way the drag where it is a lot more like showy and over the top mm-hmm. and like wearing ostrich hats
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and like there are times where they're in the dress with no makeup or wig, mm-hmm.
3: and with this one, you don't get that. It's very glossed over. It's very something you brought up, Puya, the idea that this is almost like a fairy tale
1: mm-hmm. type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So it, they really, especially once in the town. Yeah, 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 like especially
3: when the magical drag queen stuff happens. Yeah. Just, it, there's no
1: like. Oh, <laughs> yes, I had that a note about scene. this! Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you to read it. <laughs> I had a note. That scene was so ridiculous. With the whole chest. Wonder Wonder just Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman Wonder play. Wonder, that's right. Wonder, I wrote Wonder Woman. They magically transform the room and, and the reverse shots. The amount of reverse shots
2: where it's like them throwing the boa constrictor, the boa constrictor, <laughs> 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 the, the,
1: the boa, deadly snake, the, uh, the ostrich boa. <laughs> <they're throwing laughs> boa that makes sense. but
0: but see i also think there's probably a reason and and it may go to you know understanding who the american audience is versus who the australian audience was for the other movie Uh, but even uh, within movies that are made in this country you know something that you'll see on ifc is something different than you're gonna see at lowe's theater yeah um and i think it is essentially the difference you know the people who go to these movies are different people um the the age is different and what you go to see is different so your expectation is different like you've said i mean these people are in this um out of nowhere town but everybody looks so beautifully glossy i mean i don't know how these people got where they got their hair done Or they they have, like, perfect makeup? Or, you know, this beautiful hunk falls in love with, you know, Chi-Chi's character. Uh, So, and, and, you know, it's like, um, when I watch movies, I can totally uh, move into that world. I think part of it is also my background. I mean, I grew up during eight years of war. Any movie to me was a fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, any movie that people were not... Uh, being bombed or uh, you know weren't living on food rations or power outages to me was a fantasy and maybe that's why i i never look at these movies and say well that doesn't happen because i don't think that for the most part we see movies to see real life because if we really just wanted to see real life we'd open our doors and we just look outside there's real life so they're all heightened but i think part of Wang fu is they're taking something that at that time wasn't talked about. And they're trying to sugarcoat it so much that an audience who is threatened by the concept can watch it and laugh and, and find heard. it funny while in a very subtle, um, you know, undercurrent kind of way get to see that these people are people. And when they are abandoned by their family, it hurts like it would hurt anybody else. When, you know, they are being called names, it hurts like anybody else, even if they are in Six Inch Shields. And, um, and they have different kind of characters. And the fact that within this trio, there is kind of like a mother. There is an aunt. And Chi-Chi is like the child. I feel that we are kind of like Chi-Chi. Because we are looking at the story from that point of view. Mm. You know, if, if every story has one character who's like the audience, um and then you get an insight into the life of these older characters who've dealt with their stuff, with their abandonment, with the assaults and the attacks, you know, second all of that. Um and I feel that if it wasn't if it wasn't this heightened and totally surreal. Uh, I don't know how well it did at the time that it came out, but I think it would have had a very marginal audience. Uh, And part of that is business. It's the business which is show. You know, you also want to make money because no matter how great the art is you're trying to have, if you can't get people to want to see it, then it's going to be an art that nobody saw, no matter how great it is. I think, again, this goes back to time context, I think if this movie was made today for some reason I think Vida Vida would have been the trans woman Um, I, I can't tell you why and I think part of it is also this we have this very hard line of where does, you know, what are the inner feelings and the inner workings of someone that makes them trans versus drag queen? And are all drag queens all equal? Do they all have the same feelings? And I think we can be open to the fact that it's a little more fluid than that. Uh, the same way as now we can be okay with the fact that somebody can be trans with never wanting to have surgery uh... someone can be genderqueer uh... non-binary completely Um and i think that's where when you're trying to translate a twenty-year-old movie based on what we know now what we acknowledge now and trying to translate it and uh... you know mark particular things based on what we know today and it will leave holes in in the story or there are not enough answers, is because I think at that time, they also imagine, I'm imagining they didn't have trans consultants on Tu Wong Food. They didn't. But I, I have not
3: done the research, so I can't state
0: some stuff. But if you yeah. think about it, now, now when a show has a trans consultant, people talk about it because it's such a huge and new thing. Mm-hmm. Transparent has trans consultants, and everybody talks about it. They're and
1: right I. To for Southern Comfort, which I worked on. There was a very angry letter. A public theater?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, I almost got in that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I auditioned we for We almost it. worked together. Um, yeah, I I got to the last callback. Um,
1: and but, but we had uh, a, cons- a consultant, a dramaturg, who see, was trans because there was an angry letter about the fact that there wasn't enough trans people on
0: it. See, and the fact yeah. that in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, when the show was, uh, when like, Southern I mean, Comfort was was together, being... Yeah. Um, being put together and people were just thinking about having a trans consultant that would make me think 99% they didn't have a trans consultant onto Wong Fu yeah. which is why there are these um, blurry situations blurry moments of you know um, is Chi Chi really um, really drag or maybe you know it's like may, maybe trans and I think part of that also comes to the fact that even I, as a trans woman, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that there may not be gray areas between drag queens and trans women because there are gray areas within the trans community.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, now uh, one of the one of the examples that we brought up when talking about drag and the trans community was uh, the idea that there are a lot of very high profile drag queens who have come out as Trends, mm-hmm. uh, including Carmen Carrera, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, and something I didn't bring up before, but I know uh, Laverne Cox for a very long time worked in a drag restaurant because it was a safe uh, space that was safer for her at the
0: time. Even an older example, um, the lady that was in um Uh, the garden of good and evil Lady Chablis Chablis. Uh, when you look historically and and the reason I researched it was because after her death there were articles that were coming out and uh, were calling her a female impersonator and then there were other ones that were calling her she and I wanted to see and it was the fact that at that time a lot of people who were openly trans at some point they'd also had a show career as female impersonators I, you know um, because um they looked a certain way and their anatomy said something else now we know that it's much more fluid so uh again i go back to the fact that i always felt and when i watched it again i just had an idea about vita versus versus chi chi and i think that is more of a personal take on it because i always felt that um when it comes to trans women, it's something more internal and it has less to do with the external uh, manifestations. Yeah. Um, and I felt that, you know, Chi-Chi was just much more excited by the by the trimmings of being dragged, whereas I felt in Vita's case, and, you know, there is that moment that I love, in this very surreal world of... Um, uh, Patrick Swadey's Patrick character and Stalker Channing's character and when Stalker Channing says that I don't think you're a man and I don't think you're a woman and I think you're an angel. Um, and I think there's something maybe even within the trans community we should look. We, I think we have become so steadfast to what constitutes being trans and, and what is being this other thing and what is a uh, cross-dresser and what is the... And I just think we, more than anybody, should acknowledge that it's not so cut and dry. Because also you may feel this way now, and 10 years from now you may be in a different part of... um, Because even gender evolution within each individual person, it changes. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be this stiletto-wearing, you know, man-eater like 15 years ago, and I'm not that woman anymore. I couldn't care less about heels. I have nothing to prove, um, but that doesn't take away my womanhood. Even though externally, some people, some people have told me. Actually, some people once told me, and this was many years ago. A gay man said, "You know, but you want to be a woman, so why do you dress like a man?" I'm like because I want to wear... Oh see, but, but again, Sorry, it's putting it within the context so of average. how a gay man saw this 20 years ago, that I have come all this way from another country, I've started hormone mm. therapy, but I wear boots and jeans and a plaid shirt. Part of that, admittedly, was because I didn't have other clothes. And the other part... <laughs> well, it's because I, I, it was necessity. But now, yeah. 20 years later, I'm thinking... um. Also because societally we think differently. Um, there have been these conversations that a woman is not defined by the length of her heel, uh, by by the height of her heel, or the length of her hair, or how tight her pants are. Um, and I think being open to the fact that at any time what you thought yesterday may prove to not be as true. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody else. This idea that we've been fighting for so many years that people are born this way i've gotten to a point i'm like okay okay you know for all of those people to say no you weren't born this way i'm like okay okay let's say for a second you're you are right that we're all born in this very cookie cutter you know left and right kind of way yeah and we made the choice Let, let's say you're true and what of it we keep claiming that the one thing that separates us from other animals is one, the fact that we were given the gift of choice yep. and two, intellect, which that is, that is so debatable. questionable. Debatable. That is so debatable. <laughs> but if, the
1: ability to make tools is, is one of the well,
0: biggest that, that too, um, because, you know, God didn't attach the tools to us. So we had to make tools out of other things. I, I I guess I I, I guess as I'm Adam um, as I'm getting to a point in my life I have a birthday coming up in two weeks, and you know I feel that I've almost seen. Very different worlds because, you know, having been raised in Iran and then having come to New York of 20 years ago and, you know, when they wouldn't even let me in the model forum at FIT. I mean, this is like the beacon of LGBT world and they didn't let me in the model forum because they said other girls would feel uncomfortable. And and then to to see where we are now that National Geographic has a picture of a trans child on it, you know. I I try to put all of this in perspective and not get lost in like well why are we why are we here today and why are we not like 20 steps ahead of where we are I think part of it is acknowledging that nothing in life whether it's gender or sexuality or color or or anything else there's no there's no hard line that at different times in your life, you can be different things or you may even be the same thing but identify as different things because at that time, that is the vocabulary and understanding that you have of it. When I first talked to the first therapy, uh, therapist that told me I have at that time they were calling a gender identity disorder I didn't even know such a thing existed I thought that I was a gay male that saw myself as a woman I didn't know this other thing existed and as we find more and more that the genders they, they have so many more similarities I've come to a point of thinking the two absolute genders you know the absolute hundred percent he-man the absolute hundred percent she-woman are like the poles on Earth. You know, uh, the North Pole and South Pole, they're two imaginary dots. Mm-hmm. You know, the two absolute points, they're two imaginary because there is no dot on Earth that says this is the most southern spot. It's not. It's we've decided that that is that spot and the uh, northernmost spot is, you know, it's like this, this imaginary circle somewhere in North Pole and the whole planet happens between these two points and I feel that's gender. And it even happens through life. Part of it, uh, it is medical. Part of it is just a revolution. The fact that you know, women, as they get older and as they go through menopause, their hormone balances change, um, hair growth changes, uh, body fat distribution and all of that changes. If that changes on the most biological level, then when it comes to how we identify and even more importantly, how we identify other people, I think we should always leave room for the fact that there are no absolutes, which is why as I've grown older and I've become more confident in my identity as a woman, as a trans woman, not only am I not threatened by uh, the prevalence and the fabulousness of the drag community, but I embrace it as my cousin's because that's how I feel about it I feel there is room for all of us to identify without necessarily infringing on someone else's identity while some of us can be a little bit of both and I think what yeah. you're saying is actually what I I was going in different. I think if there is a divide and and there's a divide I don't think it's community versus community but I think certain people in one community versus certain people in another community I I hate generalizing Um, I think part of that comes exactly from uh, what you said that and and this you also may have something to add as a woman of color I feel minorities when they feel that they've um, they've been marginalized by a majority then that sense of you know, superiority complex, inferiority complex, I feel they're two sides of the same coin. When somebody has kept beating you down, then somewhere in you, you need to release it. Some people do excessive drugs, some people cut themselves. I used to be one of those people. Um, and some people try to find somebody else to exert their superiority over. Mm. You know, if everybody's been crapping over your head, somewhere in you, you want to take it out on someone, which is why children of abuse, most likely than not, end up being somewhat abusive parents, not because they're bad people, but because that that anger, that built up anger is somewhere in there. When I came to New York 20 years ago, I felt that there was so much cattiness, so much venom within the drag community, within the gay community, and between different sects of it. And now when I look back, I can see why. Because this very marginalized society, now they found a home And now they want to establish their hierarchy. Like, you know, like that person may do that to me, but I can tell you, you know, you woman of color, uh, I'm white so I can do this. Even though we've both been, you know, crapped on by the world outside. And I I think this is the same. What were you going to say? Oh, no, sorry. Continue. I feel that is the same reason why the radical feminists have a problem with trans women, because uh, and and then on the other side there are conservative blockers that try to fuel that flame by saying, "Oh, feminists, you know, trans women are trying to take your identity away from you," and it's like I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. Nobody's trying to take anything away from anybody, but I feel that. There are divisive voices, either within the community or outside the community. Um, that alt right uh, blogger, the um, Milo, whatever the one that calls Trump daddy, he, I feel he's a great example of that. He's within the community. But so far, I have not seen him do anything other than divide, you know, whether it's based on race, whether it's gay versus lesbian, whether it's LG versus T. And then when it suits his purpose, then he posts an article about a trans woman in some Muslim province of Russia that was beheaded by her family. I'm like... Okay, you, you say this, but oh, yeah. <laughs> but but so you're... to Because he keeps bashing the trans community. Mm-hmm. But then in this one case, he's like, look at what Muslims do to trans people. I'm like, when was the last time you cared about it? Right, yeah. So when we're talking about divisive voices, I want to acknowledge that that is what they are. I don't think they are the community. I think they are the divisive communities that the feminist community has, that the gay community has, lesbian community. We all have it. Yeah. But I don't want anybody to think that that is the community. I feel that like any other community, straight, gay, cis, trans, color, non-color, there are bad apples. Now, how that bad apple manifests itself, um, I think is uh, specific to the group. But I think um, the animosity between the drag community and trans community, I don't think it's community versus community. I think it's people versus people. And I think some people have had a louder, louder voice in uh, expressing that animosity. But if you take a step back and look at it, whether you're looking at the, the trans community or the drag community or the lesbian, gay, bisexual questioning, uh, we are all fighting the same fight we all have at the end of the day the same oppressor we all have the same issues that were given to us which is the fact that we are not as worthy as people who are normal and at the end of the day how can I possibly fault somebody for being different from me in a different way it doesn't even make sense but yes there are people who would like to separate the different communities and say that one uh, delegitimizes the other one. And I don't think that is the case at all. I think all it shows is that we are a true rainbow, that it can be all of us and we can all coexist side by side while having separate identities and embracing and supporting each other's identity. I mean, that is my personal point of view for whatever that may be worth.
1: Yeah, I have... I think we have similar notions about this, but come at it in different mm-hmm. ways. Um, because full disclosure, as I was, tra- I was talking about this earlier, I don't involve myself if I can with the drag community because mm-hmm. uh, I've had negative experiences um, both interacting professionally and as like audience members, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that stemming from a lot of encouraged misogyny, mm-hmm. um, like making smelly vagina fish jokes Uh. and um and generally washing womanhood as one thing as not being very uh, welcoming to trans folk like openly trans Mm -hmm. folk to this experience and non-binary people not really welcomed to this um through like cis gay men Mm -hmm. in the drag community Um, And while I really, really support it, I recognize that there's a lot of um, things that make it inaccessible to me Mm -hmm. or make it an uncomfortable experience Mm -hmm. for me to be present. And we were talking before about how we wish we could, like, sit down (laughs) with drag performers and talk. Talk through Mm -hmm. different problematic things that... that drag has when it relates to transness um and misogyny and that i don't think anybody is trying well some people are but the majority of people who are in the in the drag community are not trying to be transphobic Mm-hmm. or trying to be misogynistic, but just need to have a discussion about how gender and presentation and biology are all different things, mm-hmm. and have a more nuanced view and understanding in order to be a more welcoming environment to f- people of all walks of life.
0: I totally agree yeah, with yeah. you, and, and I think part so of it is, where, is that like, this conversation is relatively yeah, new.
1: Yeah and that's where like the divisiveness i think comes from is from alienation of people with more complicated identities than like a cis gay man might have um and also when it comes to like gay versus queer because i identify i was talking to somebody about this who doesn't live in new york once about the fact that there are two different sections of New York which is like people who are identified as gay and people who are identified as
0: queer in New York queer people live like, in Bushwick gay people live in Chelsea is, just like no that's not true by people that I feel like, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 you
1: yeah the queer people look at it and you're just queer yeah but like like gay and lesbian communities versus like by pan asexual mm-hmm. trans communities that have um, a lot more stigma still to mm-hmm. overcome for people to have a like very basic level understanding.
0: I think we're like the new immigrants, but like
1: I... in, well, this but yes, but no because there's also like a thirty year political history of gay and lesbian people pushing trans. Mm-hmm. And other queer voices out of politics, mm-hmm. which I find very, very serious. So so for me it's not even just like cattiness back and forth, it's like the fucking HRC exists as a huge body of power which has kept trans voices out of DC for thirty years. Has has made priorities for cis white Gay men specifically, their priority in making sure that any lobbyists in DC that didn't have their agenda didn't have their voices heard. And that the divisiveness that now manifests personally, I think, stems from this political history. Um, like, even just like the fact that we now say LGBT instead of GLGBT are two very different political statements. Mm-hmm. And that if somebody still says GLGBT, I tend to be like, Yikes.
0: Um, How many G's do they HL. mean? Well,
3: I was huh? say, yeah, just for clarification, is that because there are two different G's, or is it because we're trying
1: to reprogram and say no, GLBT? No, just because gay then lesbian, okay. as opposed to saying the lesbian first and oh, then like gay. Oh, like GLBT versus G-L-B-T. LGBT, okay. LGBT. Yeah, yeah, I'm clarifying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm clarifying yeah, I heard the G- whether the G or the L is first, okay. like, is a historical yeah. thing. Like, it started as GL, and then lesbians were like, fuck you. <laughs>
0: and, I feel it just rolls off the and tongue better.
1: Well, yeah. Like, yeah, that's also because now that's changed for the past 15 years. Yeah. But that didn't happen on accident. It was a very um, intense political history that happened mm-hmm. that forced the L to go before the G. And it's still a relic of what political discourse you've been Exposed to, if I hear somebody say "GL" versus "LG," Um, and then that becomes even more so when you talk about um, the co-opted trans movements. Like Mm. if you talk about Stonewall,
2: Mm -hmm. and like
1: I don't, I don't know if anybody else. Like I don't. Well, I don't. Not even like that. Like 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 I don't know if anybody in this room was there for um, Trans Day of Action the year that. marriage equality was passed no No. okay so uh trans day of action parade goes by stonewall and this parade is very very political um because it is the day that is specifically about raising voice about the violence that's happened against trans folk Mm -hmm. and like even the way that um where people stand is delineated so it's trans women color in the front then trans people of color, and then trans white folk, and then allies. Mm -hmm. Like, that is specifically delineated, just, like, even in the formation of the march. Um, And it goes by Stonewall, and that was a very weird day, (laughs) because most everybody who's at that parade is very, very um, conscious of the history, Mm -hmm. of trans history. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to see this city covered in HRC flags... Which a lot of people don't realize that the equal sign well, is just for HRC, purposes. the Human Rights Campaign, yeah. um, and because I was like Hillary, I, was like, oh. I know that's been very <laughs> the very, other HRC. Uh, Every it's been pretty pretty very disorienting because <laughs> I've been yelling about the HRC for so many <laughs> right years, this. and to see it mean something that's not the Human Rights Campaign was very weird. Yeah, but um, anyway, so it was like covered in HRC flags, which is already very disconcerting. Yeah. So it was like the day for trans folk became the day for like cis gay people mm. which is fine and it was very very important but it was very conflicting to have mm. both those things happening at the same time and then we would go by stonewall and stonewall is packed with cis gay men and mostly <laughs> white gay men and just like you could feel it in the air everybody's just so angry because that is not what that place is and it was just such an explicit version of how like new york centric and american centric trans versus gay politics have revealed themselves over the past like 50 plus years and to have that such a like poignant display on that day it was just very very overwhelming but yeah so i think this divisiveness stems like it becomes personal because of the political history that's there um like it didn't come from nowhere yeah Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I think that's probably just the bleeding of just the fact that men have always you know had a slightly higher status and now even within the LGBT world they still take a little bit of that that idea of privilege identity of privilege Uh, a little bit of that
1: absolutely um yeah, and that's just trickle down as it goes. Cause
0: see, we can when, totally go in a whole different direction yeah. from <laughs> Tuan Fu. you are yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, we did a lot of uh, of
0: that. Days. Yeah. So Puya. Uh, yes, my dear thoughts. child. Yes.
3: Final thoughts. Uh, the questions that I ask at the very end are twofold. First, name of the podcast is it transphobic. Also, did you enjoy it?
0: I think looking at it within the context. Of the time that it was, I would say, transphobic, maybe two, two and a half. And and the only reason I even give it that two, two and a half is because to a modern audience, there are a lot of questions it doesn't answer. And there are a lot of things it doesn't cover. Like, if you think about it, the, the your three characters, it's almost like United Colors of Benetton. A white drag queen, a black drag queen, and a Hispanic drag queen. Um, and you notice that
2: the black drag queen didn't get a character arc, right? I'm just yeah. saying. Just throwing that yeah, out you know. know, it's like, I mean, like, <laughs> Nog- Nogzima didn't have. Off, right? like, yeah, yeah. It really was Through yeah. the old white woman. Yeah. Just gonna, yeah. It was yeah. more like a,
0: you know, like, sassy, brassy, sassy. like yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, Chi-Chi's character got somewhat of an arc. Yeah. Le- learned, yeah. learned his yeah. lessons, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. But, but obviously, yes. And... I actually want to say this in context because I was on a panel for Samuel French last year and there was um, a lovely uh, non-binary playwright. Uh, I don't remember their last name, Azure something, A-Z-U-R-E something. Okay. Um, And what they were talking about was that we do acknowledge that the american uh movie machine is predominantly white mm-hmm. twenty years ago, even more so mm-hmm. then imagine like if we're complaining about now just imagine <laughs> twenty years ago <laughs> oh, I right. used to watch the shows in eighties It was like now if now, if a show has one trans character, thirty years ago, if a show had one black character, yeah. And then the 90s, if it was a show, um, had like one gay character. And, you know, and as we've moved, there's like this one other character that, that's been added. Okay. So if that Hollywood movie, if there's that one LGBT-oriented Hollywood movie that was made at that time, of course it would be, you know, the, your main focus, mm-hmm. your heroine, if you may. And, and everybody in the story, except like those two characters, you know, Nakzima and Chi Chi, everybody's white um and i think that is more the time when you, which makes it feel a little dated i'm like wow these people are white um <laughs> but you take it from you know if you look at it from the point of view of when this was made then you might be a little more forgiving um but from the point of view of and, and again i wanted it's it's like um, judging a movie that was made 60 years ago and say well by today's standards you know it's like it's x y and z i think at its time it wasn't transphobic at all i think today like i said about two two and a half did i love it i think i think part of it for me is the fact that i know what the dark side of being trans or just being different feels like uh, you know, like Priscilla, uh, the person being bashed, or now we're in a world that we've seen Boys Don't Cry, we've seen Brokeback Mountain, and you know now we revel in the fact that we're so gritty, except that all of these characters end up dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and I think, and I think part of it is the responsibility to the younger generations of LGBT people that I want to show them a movie that they can see, and you like. Oh my God, And you know, not like me, Assaulted
2: and they're not dead. You yet. know,
0: like me, I see me in a world that I had never heard the word "trans. I did not see anything trans unless it was on Jerry Springer. Yeah. And here came this movie that these people had a life experience, and it ended in a way as surreal and as bullshitty as it was. But it was positive. Yeah. Yeah. but it was positive. And for that reason. I would watch it again because I see it and I like where it goes. Sure, there are so many things in that that doesn't explain a whole lot. But in a very broad brushstroke, whitewashy kind of way, I think it's a great movie. I have a hard time watching it now because Patrick Swayze, you know, passed away. Um, but I also think as an actor, I applaud these men you know now we're at a point um that we can say well why aren't trans characters playing uh being played by trans actors or in this case drag queens um you know the whole um, uh, the jared leto thing in uh, dallas byers club um but when i look at that and again at the time i think it was very brave I think, in a way, it was kind of ahead of its time. Now we can laugh about it, but if we take a step back and look at the world around it, you know, the AIDS epidemic was still uh, was still going strong,
2: it was still going very strong. And their career, even within their careers, it was hyper masculinity. I mean, Demolition Man, like it, like everything around them. Yeah, I mean, those characters are
0: very yeah, masculine characters, yeah. and to do it at that time, I think. I think all of that considered, I think it's a classic.
2: Can I change my vote now? I want to change, change my rating to 3.96. Okay. Okay. 3.96. On, the
0: yeah. uh, On the transphobic, 3.96. Yeah. From 4.3, <laughs> 4.35. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4.13. <laughs> no, I, and, and in all honesty, I think people now should see it because it, I think sometimes we get lost in where we are and our fights of today, that we forget the fights we've had and how far we've come. And I feel if for no reason other than that, they should see it to just see the battle and the different stages of that battle. Because I think, if nothing else, for that, this movie is very significant. And it makes you laugh. And at the end, I mean, how, how can you not love that ending? Yeah. I mean, like, who, who doesn't like you know, it's like big, big leaves and, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> stuff. She, she looks gorgeous. She does look that gorgeous. That dress
1: is amazing. She had
2: foundation.
0: I know.
1: Yeah. She walked out and I was like, <gasps> as a si- As a
0: 16-year-old kid in Iran, you yeah. can imagine how much I wanted that dress. Really nice. <laughs> it's
1: a really good
3: dress. Okay, so uh, let people know what information you want them to know about how to find you, whether you've got a Twitter, whether you've got, like, a website. Uh, how can people find you if you want them to?
1: Um, I'm aka underscore, sc- ah, underscore, I'm going to start over. Cool. I'm aka underscore Quicksilver on Twitter. You can feel free to follow me on there. Um, my name is Goforth on there, and that's it. It's, like, my only social media. And that was just. Yes, that's Joe. Oh, should I start over again? (laughs)
3: No, that's fine. Okay. And Terry?
2: Uh, For Terry, uh, I'm on Twitter as IntelligentWatt, uh, which is intelligent and it looks like Watt. Um, All one word. And I'm also on Facebook. Uh, You can find me under the name Intellectual Titmouse. Um, But I only add people that I like, and you have to have good reference references because what are words um yeah and that is that
3: cool and uh my name is ashley lauren rogers you can find me at ashleyrogersplays.com, ashleylaurenrogers.com. ashley my twitter is at lucretia dear4. L U for l-u-c-r-e-t-i-a-d-e-a-r-4, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R-4. Like, the like the number yes the number four like numeral four not okay. F O U R, because that's too many characters for Twitter apparently.
1: That's fair. That's a
0: lot of characters. Cool. I'm not like these other people. I make it easy for you. My website is Puya Land. My Twitter is Puya Land. My Instagram is Puya Land. My hashtag is Puya Land. If you want to also read my political blurbs, and that's P O O Y A L A N D. You know, like La La Land. Just Puya um the, i'm sorry i'm sorry nice I, i've lived in my own puya land see puya land is like the non-white version of la la land uh, <laughs> uh, i was i was actually i was on the show falling water on usa network i was in three episodes and I've got to give them a shout out because they really wanted to make their show as diverse as possible. I mean, the four main characters of the show was a black man, an Asian man, a French woman, and a Jewish guy. And they wanted a trans character, but they said it from the beginning and they held true to their word. They say, we want a trans character, but we're never going to comment on the fact that this character is trans. And they didn't. They held true. I played a scientist. It had nothing, uh, you know, stereotypically to do with being trans, but they just wanted to have that kind of diverse cast. And I applaud them for it. I am very grateful to them. And in 10 days, I'm going to Baltimore for two months to be in the center stage production of Whitesnake. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll be the narrator. Nice. So I'm, I'm very grateful for a lot. So thank you all for listening. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers.
3: The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io.
0: The original music you heard
1: was all created by Vivian Aledrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaledrin.bandcamp.com.
0: So then I would say that a cat has something over you. It's
1: true, I agree, Yes.
0: However, right after she licks her butt, I usually refuse kisses right after. Yeah, it's that. Really fair. It's um, a but a little after, it's okay. But right after, no, it's, a, you know, it, it adds a little aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> um, talking about
1: cats licking butts now.
0: Well, their own. <laughs> their (laughs) own this is when you leave me with, with people this is what happens you can't leave me with people um